What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Two Beers Deep Podcast with Deke and Greg. Hi, Greg. Hello, Deke. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. The action. Three, two, one. Action. Ah, I am sipping a Bud Light from the intern. I am eating a quesadilla thanks to the intern. It's a good day, Greg. Boy, the intern really hooked you up today, it sounds like, huh? You just texted me and said, go to your porch. And it was all there. Huh? Huh. Now that's always nice of him. Yeah, I'm not sure why he was in such a good mood. It might be poisoned, but... He, he, he very well could be, for all we know. <laughs> Apparently, when, when I video chatted him, he seems like he's in a much more upbeat move over the last couple of weeks, being secluded and stuff. It was a nice little niche area in the living room. Oh, he so loves his that. little area in the living room, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, I set up in the studio, so that's where I'm doing my home office and my Xbox area and my streaming center. So I like my little area, too. Yeah, I'm just laying in my room on my bed doing this recording now, so that's what I got <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, Greg, so I told you about this before show, but, you know, again, not much sports going on. So what I thought we could do is just do what we normally do, which is just talk about the sports topics that we have in front of us. And then I have an article yeah. up, which is the 50 biggest what-ifs in sports histories from Bleacher Report. And we'll go through some of these and talk about what-ifs in sports, because those are my favorite conversations. I feel like we touched a little bit on the what ifs last week, if I recall correctly. So mm-hmm. this is good. I like this is kind of like a nice little bridge to follow along on our Facebook page, which streams every day at six o'clock on Facebook. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, then also tonight on the Idiot Hour, we're finishing up. The, well, not finishing up. We'll do the second round of the goat bracket because that took a whole hour to get through the first round. Oh, damn. It'll be live, too. So big day for us. Sounds impressive. Way to go to the intern, by the way, again, for figuring out how to stream live and all that stuff. Yeah, too. coronavirus might be the number one thing that's ever happened to him. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, clearly. He seems way more productive <laughs> and happier. It's 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 one of the strangest things that I could have ever seen. Hey, man. It's cool with me. Absolutely. All right. So let's dive into some news here, Greg. Let's do it. Is there a sports topic that you would like to start off with? Just because I have a couple in front of me, and I, I want to see where your head's at. I think the first thing off the top of my head that I could think of, and that's only because, I mean, I had ESPN on all day, so I mm-hmm. kind of figured it's the only relevant thing we can discuss right now. What is our mindset with what is going on with Cam uh, With Cam Newton, you said? Yes. Yeah, so uh, for people that are unaware and you live under a rock because it's the only sports news we have and there's nothing else, Cam Newton has yet to be signed. Um, it's it's interesting to me, Greg, and the main reason is because this is a former Heisman, former MVP. This is a guy that led, and I, I mean heavily, led that team to the Super Bowl in the Panthers. And because of his shoulder injury, I don't see him getting signed right now. And it's it's uh, the, the other thing you have to consider too, though. Teams can't bring you in for their own physical. No, that's very true. That's kind of been the dichotomy with um, people that are a little worried about drafting Tua because they don't know how the hip is healing or any of the other issues that he's had, like his ankle or previously. Uh, with Cam, it's it's a strange story because, yes, that, that season that you discussed, the 15 and one season where he took Carolina to the Super Bowl, is arguably one of the best single-season performances we have seen in our generation. So it, it's a it's such a mind-boggling thing to realize that this is a guy that is not going to have a team right now moving forward. Now, there was some news that you kind of saw that he was working out in L.A. with uh, Tyrod Taylor. And mm-hmm. we, are, we, we are right now expecting Tyrod Taylor to be the starting quarterback for the L.A. Chargers. Uh, we think that, especially you, you are a big Tyrod guy. You think that he can actually do some damage for this team and actually uh, be given the opportunity that he deserves, which I agree with you. But it, it kind of... It interests me from the perspective of I did believe a couple weeks ago I thought that 
L.A. would be a good spot for Cam just because I feel like he has the personality that the Chargers, not necessarily what the, you know, football operations department might want, but it might be kind of like a thing that the ownership group wants to be able to sell tickets and kind of have that big L.A. SoCal personality there to be able to, you know, bring bring in fans and drive revenue to a stadium where they're essentially going to be a tenant in moving forward. So it's not a bad idea. But I, I don't I don't see it happening currently right now. I mean, I still think I still think LA is the most likely landing spot just because I can't think of anywhere else that would want him. Maybe Jacksonville. Well, we've talked about Jacksonville, we've talked about Miami, we've talked about um, possibly someone uh, see I'm looking at the ESPN thing. They have someone like Denver up there. Could you ever see the Broncos doing something like this? No, I think they're all in on Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It, the only reason that I maybe would even entertain that idea is simply because, like, yes, Drew Locke played very well for them, and I believe that Drew Locke is the QB of their future. I don't know if Drew Locke is the quarterback to take that team into the playoffs now, which it seems like they're aimed to do after signing Melvin Gordon, in my opinion, at least. Um, so it, that'd, be an, that'd be like a very, very deep reach for me. But I could see it maybe happening. It would just be one of those things where it's like, oh, we're just going to give Drew three more years. Well, what I would argue from that perspective is Drew Locke missed almost the entire year and I think played the last four games of the season for the Broncos. And you could kind of tell when he was the quarterback there, there was just a different energy with that team. Uh, They played with a lot more confidence. There was a lot more excitement from the fans in Denver when you watch them play. And I think that's something that the Broncos have been – severely lacking ever since that last Super Bowl run with Peyton. So it, it, it's a it's a thing where I believe they want to give Drew Locke all the opportunities in the world to succeed. I think they're going to be a sleeper team in the AFC this year because I mm-hmm. still really like that offense and that defense will not miss a beat, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I'd be very surprised that they bring Cam Newton because Cam Newton does not strike me as a guy that is willing to sign somewhere that he is going to either be a backup or have to compete for a starting job. Yeah, I, I agree. But if I mean, here's the question: If nobody's knocking on your door, you're not going to go unsigned into the season, are you? Is he really going to be one of these guys where we sit there and say Cam Newton is still not signed with the team halfway through the season until somebody gets hurt and then somebody takes a flyer? I feel like he has to get signed going into the season, right? I I don't know, man. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm totally thinking that Cam is going to be a guy that's probably going to sit out and wait for an injury to occur. I think that's the best scenario for him moving forward because, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think if he can go to a situation where he is guaranteed to be the starter, that's probably the best, best landing spot for him. So, and it's not unheard of too. I mean, there have been many times over the last few years that we've seen quarterbacks that have been, that have signed to teams when catastrophic injuries happen in, in training camp of all places. So yeah, it, 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 cra- crazier things have happened. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's injury a few years ago called for Sam Bradford right. to be moved and Carson Wentz got bumped up. Uh, you, right, you can right. talk about it all the time. It, it's, you also get into a situation where maybe a team such as the Dolphins uh, do draft Tua and start Ryan Fitz and Ryan Fitz doesn't play well um and obviously that'd be a conversation for another day but there's always those i mean what if the rams you know and golf or this there's there's a million situations that could happen for cam newton i think the biggest problem for me is that it, it seems like a little bit not i'm not gonna call it a blackballing or anything like that but it definitely seems like he's just not getting his chances but how much of that is because of the coronavirus you know like we can't go and get his shoulder checked on by team doctors right now I'd be willing to bet you there were probably a number of other players that were signed that also had legitimate injury concerns that were signed before Cam Newton, though. Okay. And Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, for instance. I mean, the that knee has just been damaged through for so many times. Agreed, but we place, have seen Todd Gurley run. Contract. The last time we saw Cam throw was a, a, a much. What I guess what I'm trying to say is like I agree with you, but I think with the knee, you know a little bit more than you. We don't know anything about Cam's shoulder at all. That's that's true, but you could also point out, too, that he at least got playing time last year, even though he was injured, and when the time that we actually saw Cam play last year, I mean, there, he's 0-8 in his last eight games that he started at quarterback, yeah. so 
there's definitely some there's something there to show that he he might be on the decline and it might not be just his shoulder i mean you could argue that the physical style play that he had throughout his years in carolina is really starting to catch up it's because he's vegan that could be a possibility yeah We'll see what happens with the van. Uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up with you, and we can obviously get back to football, is did you happen to see that all of Barcelona's players are taking a 70% pay cut? Yeah, I thought that was pretty great that they did that because at first I thought it was just Messi who did it, but the fact that it's the entire club really says a lot right there. Yeah, because Messi like, did, and I believe a lot, of the, like, a lot of the players are taking at least 50 yeah, is it kind of the, the thing where they're trying to keep the club afloat or they're trying to help pay for the, the workers at the stadium and all that stuff? Uh, is, non-sporting staff earning is where uh, most of that will go, as well as contri- contributions, excuse me. Okay, yeah, and, that, and that's something that I, I'm hearing a lot about now. Like, you're seeing – like, the, and it's interesting, too. There was that big story that broke uh, last week, I believe, where the 76ers uh, front office personnel were asked to take pay cuts of – up to like 25% or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's weird because from that story, it was more about being able to fund like the rest of the team or like their debts that they owed or something like that. This is more so being able to take cuts to be able to, to help pay for the special employees that they need at the stadium though. And it's also, and it speaks volumes to the ideas that it's amazing how well-paid European soccer players are because they're able to take that massive pay cut and yet they're still going to be completely okay. That speaks volumes to how much revenue that they're generating by themselves. Yeah, agreed. Um, so diving into... Deke, you there? Hello? Deke? Can you hear me? Landlord called me. Give me two seconds. Okay. I'm not calling her. I'm just texting Nico to call her. Okay. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, It was right after the... It was right after the 70% pick. It was something like, now getting back okay. to Good. football? Yeah, something like that. Now, getting back to football, have I know you're not much of a gamer, but have you seen what Bleach Report has been running recently? I, not running, but I. it's funny you say that. Right before I, um, I, I logged off for work, I, uh, I checked Bleach, Bleach Report just for a second, and I saw that they're doing a, a BR GOAT tournament. Yeah, man. And I thought so... that is so cool that they're doing that. What It's just basically like they're taking all the guys that are considered GOATs from their, from their respective franchise over the years, and they're just putting them on one team. Yeah, so it's, it's all team-based and everything. So, you know, they worked with a guy named Derek Smith, whose uh, Madden name is Legends, and they basically – or no, he uploaded a, a roster called Legends onto Madden Share, which I don't know if you know, but Madden Share is where, like, if I made a league and said the coolest league ever, people could go download the roster. So I can go onto Madden right now and download this Legends League, which I think I will after this, um, and you will play, you know, I would have that on my game. But what they're doing here is they are having, you know, basically a GOAT tournament type of thing, which is awesome, and they're doing uh, full odds and betting and whatnot. Um, so they have things like Randy Moss is a Viking, not a Patriot, and Saquon Barkley beat out Tiki Barber due to fan voting, and Deion Sanders is a Falcon, yeah. not a Cowboy. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. I, I That is actually really legit. I would love to see some of these rosters and also think – I'm thinking about it too. I'm assuming the – I'm assuming the teams with the that have been in the league for a much shorter time probably have the weakest rosters at that point, just from the availability of years of players. Yeah, the bottom 22. Let's just say it's uh, Jacksonville at 32, Texans at 31, Panthers at 30, Jets at 29, and Bengals at 28. How in the world are the Jets 29? Well, so it says here That's they're well weird. removed from the bottom three, but it's pretty incredible that the Jets have been around for 60 years and have zero players in the 100th anniversary all-time team. That is that is putrid. That is insane. Right I am actually, while we do this, I'm going to go download the rosters, and that way I can at least see them all while we're doing this. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so they're there. And then you've got the Bills, the Titans, the Cardinals. Are any of these shocking you? 
Not in particular. Um, the Titans I'm interested by because you would also have to include the Houston Oilers franchise as well. So, I mean, you got Ward Moon, you got Bruce Matthews, you got um, um, Earl Campbell and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's not terrible in my opinion. That'd be ah, here we go. All right, I do have the full roster. So, let's go to the Titans. So, the one that I'm actually curious about too, it, especially if you have – especially if you have good options mm-hmm. it'd be teams that are, it, it could be teams that are essentially stacked at one position. So like I'm trying to big figure out like how you would pick who would be the starter at that. Yeah. Point would be very so, you know, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, big Ben, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, uh, Tony Romo, Donovan McNabb. Those were all voted uh, debates. So they let the fans pick the starting quarterbacks for each one. Yeah. Oh, Troy Aikman and over Tony Romo is easy. Uh, Joe Montana, I would definitely take over Steve Young. Uh, Brett Favre, I would probably very closely oh, that's, take that's, over. I think Rogers. that's the that, toughest one. I think that's the toughest one. Yeah. Um, who was the Eagles with Donovan McNabb? Was it Randall Cunningham or I would Carson assume Wentz it's or... Randall Cunningham, but I don't know. Um, and just because I found it, just to get to your question, Warren Moon is a 91 overall. Steve McNair is a 90 overall. Earl Campbell's 97. Chris wow. Johnson's 91. Derrick Henry's 90. They have a great running back room. Eddie George is a 91. Wow. Yeah, but think about that, though. Like, how do you how do you figure out what to manage with, like, running backs? If your entire franchise was built on having elite running backs, then the rest of your roster couldn't probably struggle from that aspect, too, because you don't really have anyone else to work with. For me, I'm just going with Earl Campbell and Chris Johnson. I mean, 97 overall Earl yeah. Campbell, and then when you want to get some speed, CJ2K. Oh, what about Eddie George? I bet you like yeah. he could be on there. Too. Oh, he's right yeah. there. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, so let's go through the top ten, just because you know uh, it's a lot of give and take. But they go a little more in depth into the top ten, and I can right. uh, I can go through the roster. So number ten, the Chicago Bears. Oh, I'm not surprised that I mean 85 defense. God, it's incredible. And then you got Walter Payton. Yeah. So let's see. Sid Luckman and Jim McMahon at quarterback. So Sid Luckman is starting at quarterback, which is a little concerning. I wonder how high Jay Cutler got. Whatever. Uh, Walter Payton, 99. Gail Sayers, 98. Matt Forte, 89. Brandon Marshall, their lead receiver with a 90 overall. And then you get today, but 83 That's overall, sad. Devin Hester. What? Wow. He'd be their number two receiver? Uh, that might be their downfall no, no, there. No, 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 no. So Marshall's one at 90, Alshon Jeffrey, 86, Harlan Hill, 86, Will Gallup, 84, and then Devin Hester. So Devin's the last receiver on their lineup. Man, man, their receiver core has been atrocious. Over yeah, it really <laughs> has. But you got Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, Brian Erlacher, uh, 99, 99, and 96, respectively. And uh, one guy that I'm happy made this, Eddie Jackson at free safety. Yeah. Really? Now that's surprising. I would have never guessed that. I would have never guessed that a more recent player would have made the defense on the, I know. On the Bears. That's impressive. It's awesome. All right, so let's get to the number nine team here, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like defense is probably very strong. Marcus Allen, I'm running back. Um, Bo Jackson I'm too. Assuming. Oh, yeah, I am Bo Jackson. You should. Um, I'm trying to think who their quarterback would be. So they have two guys um, tied at 88. Let's see if you can guess them. Is one Plunkett? No. Really? Uh, Raider quarterbacks, I'm like struggling. You Um, should know one of them. I know there was. You you will know, but here's what I'll say. You will know both of them, but I think you should know one of them. One of them is not Derek no, Carr, is No, 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 no. Uh, like, wow, so okay. one of them, the one that I don't think you should – well, you will know this guy, but not the one that's like the obvious one is Ken Stabler at 88 overall. Ah, damn it. I was <laughs> trying to remember that name because I remember watching a Football Life episode on him. Yep. Um, okay. The other one I have no idea. Rich Gannon. Really? Yeah. You know what? Hindsight, that makes sense. He was a former NFL MVP. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I could but uh, all right. So let's get to the next team here. What are we on? Eight. Eight is the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, who would, who's the quarterback? Dawson or or Patty Mahomes? I mean, uh, let me scroll up to the roster. I would be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes at a ninety-seven overall, and then Len Dawson is at ninety. Okay. Okay. So wait. So for running back. 
Larry Johnson or Priest Holmes? Priest Holmes is a 92, Jamal Charles is a 90, and Larry Johnson is an 89. Wow. And they also uh, have the most I – didn't, I would have never – I would have never Im- imagined that Jamal Charles would be higher than Larry Johnson for some reason. I don't know well, here's why. what I will say. They have the best tight end group probably in the whole thing with Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey. Oh, God, yeah. That's nasty. It's pretty unbelievable, man. Yeah, they, I mean – been around forever. You can't really hate on them. I'm trying to see if they have any other surprising. Eric yeah. Berry's a 93 starting at free safety, uh, so that's awesome. Deserves that, absolutely. All right, let's move on down. Number seven, Indianapolis Colts. Peyton, quarterback. Ooh, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, <laughs> Edron James. T.Y. Hilton cracks Oof. the list as the last receiver. Now that's nasty. I would love that. I – their defense, I'm betting you, is probably not that strong. I mean, um, I mean Dwight Freeney, um, Robert Mathis. Yep. Uh, their number one defensive not... line is Gino Marchetti at 96. They have okay. Darius Leonard, which is impressive, at 85 there. Um, That's very Fonte Davis is their cornerback. And then they have Bob Sanders at strong safety, so. Ooh. Do you remember the one – do you remember, like, years ago when they had that weird – they had that uh, conversation about who was the best free safety in football between Bob Sanders, Ed Reed, and Troy yep. Wallen. It's weird that Bob Sanders was considered that good. At that yeah, time. I mean, especially considering the fact that those are two of the names that I would say is in everyone's top three. And Bob Sanders, I don't know if he's there. For most people is what I'm no, saying. No, I think, I think Bob Sanders had two good years and then that was it. Yeah, agreed there, my friend. And they also have the GOAT, Adam Vinatieri, and the GOAT, Pat McAfee on special teams, so. <laughs> I'm surprised. I wonder if Pat's even brought the fact that he's considered a goat on the. Hey, he team. should be, man. That'd be he should great. be. Uh, the San Francisco yeah. 49ers are sixth. No surprise there. Yeah, no surprise. I mean, that offense is lethal. Uh, the running game is definitely subpar. The defense is not the greatest. I mean, Ronnie Lott is a legend back there, but I mean, aside from that, I I couldn't tell you a good pass rusher. Where the heck did they put the 49ers on this list? Should be a little first or last, right? No, do they have them in here? Is San Francisco? That would be cheating. They yeah. should. I well, everyone know. is, uh, and there's their hmm. team name. Hmm, interesting. I don't see. There it is. Would they be first then because they're a number? No, it's so weird. They're in between the Falcons and the Giants. Okay, maybe it's not alphabetical. Maybe I'm crazy. No, it's alphabetical. Whatever. Uh, 49ers with an mm-hmm. F bunch of douchebags uh so joe montana <laughs> 99 so steve young 97 uh roger craig and frank gore 91 and 90 jerry rice is a 99 terrell owens dwight clark uh george kittle vernon davis they have a great line and then you add in patrick willis at linebacker oh i forgot about him navarro bowman yep patrick willis navarro bowman nick bosa cracks the team as an 89 overall um, you add in, you know, uh, let's see, Ronnie Lott, 99 overall cornerback, and then Merton Hanks, cornerback at 88. No safeties on this. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right, number five, Green Bay Packers. Wow. So, yeah, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Um, That's an interesting that. debate, who you would rather have in Madden, because it's not really, you know, who's better. It's. Who would you rather play as on Madden? I think they're – I mean, Brett Favre you get more mobility with, but Rodgers you have a better Yeah, they're tied so at 97. That's, yeah, that's intriguing. Clay Matthews, I'm, I'm guessing, is probably up there for their uh, defense. Kabir Gajabaha Miala. Love that guy. Uh, yeah, Clay <laughs> Matthews at 92. Their starting linebacker, though, is Ray Nitschke at 98. Oh, Okay. That be that makes sense. Jair Alexander cracks it too. That's cool. Darren Shop. Hmm. All right. Um, number four. So there's four teams left, Greg. Do you want to take a crack at any of them? Well, I'm assuming one's the Steelers. Yep. I'm assuming one is the Cowboys. Um, uh, no. Oh no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Wow. Sorry. Yes. Steelers and Cowboys are in the top four. There's two more. Oh. Okay. There's two more. Uh. Oh, God, what's a team that's had a lot of Hall of Famers and has won a lot? Um, you want a hint? I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, sure. Greatest show on? Oh, Rams. Yep. Okay. And then the other one. Go I, ahead. 
Uh, well, as you say, the other one we talked about earlier, there's a wide receiver that had to pick between two teams, and they put him on this team. Minnesota yes, Vikings. sir. So let's go through wow, the order. Number yeah. four. Do you want to guess which one is at four? I will say the I'll say the Rams. It is the Rams. Kurt Warner at 95, followed by okay. Norm Van Brocklin. Dickerson is a 98. Falk is a 97. Gurley's a 92. My guy, Steven Jackson's a 91. It's a mean roster. Wow. Yeah. I, how do you, I, I don't even know how you rotate with those running backs then, if that's the case. Yeah, I, I just don't think you do. You also have Merlin Olsen, a defensive oh, – look at this, man. Aaron Donald is their third defensive lineman behind Deacon Jones and Merlin Olsen. Well, yeah, because you have the fearsome force. Wow, on that yeah. That's incredible. That yeah. is that is a Yeah, that defensive defense. line is disgusting. Not a single secondary mm-hmm. guy that I've heard of, which is probably because the Rams <laughs> have a terrible sense. secondary all the time. Um, so, number yeah. three, Greg, who are you going with? Probably the Vikings. Yeah, this is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, quarterback, wait, uh-huh. Oh, wait, never mind. Fran Tarkenton? Uh, that is my guess. I was on the wrong list, and I psyched myself out. It is Fran Tarkenton at 96. I was going to say, or it could have been Dante. Culpepper's in 89. That is really weak. Yeah, that kind of surprises me. I know. I would have thought for sure he'd be like a little, at least 90. But they do give Peterson a 95 or any Moss a 99. They got Chris Carter, Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Wow, Kyle Rudolph, that is a great line there as well. Um, defensive side of the ball, obviously, you know, decently solid. Paul Cruz, free safety. Harrison Smith starts. Xavier Rhodes starts. Everson Griffin, your boys on that D-line. And mm-hmm. I would assume this is your other boy, Chris Dolman. I do love missing <laughs> Chris Dolman. Yep, definitely do. I, I'm wondering, is Jared, I'm guessing Jared Allen's not on that team, huh? I No, he is not. Okay, because he made a name for himself when he was in Minnesota, yeah. I argue. No, he did not make it. Um, n- number mm-hmm. two, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay, okay, that makes me happy. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see how you pick how you pick your running back then, because you got Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, and Zeke. I'm assuming. So, so I'm going to give you th- the wow. There's four running backs on this team, so I'm not going to give you okay. any because that was more than I thought. Um, Roger Staubach is the backup quarterback with 95, but the running backs are Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, Ezekiel Elliott, and Herschel Walker. Smith is a 97, Dorsett 96, Zeke 94, and Walker 91. Wow, that's crazy. Listen to this receiver room. Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, Bullet Bob Hayes, Drew Pearson, and Amari Cooper as well. That's also very underappreciated. Yeah, in their entire – I mean, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. And Jason, Jason Witten. Jason Witten, 95 overall, yeah. Only tight end on the roster. But I do love that their line is yeah, pretty much I, all Yeah, defense, guys. though, I, yeah, their defense, I bet you, is probably weak because I cannot really recall good secondary or really that great of linebackers when, like, the Cowboys were elite. Or anything yeah. Like that. Uh, they do have Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, on that defensive line, as well as Randy White and Bob Lilly. Uh, Demarcus Ware's there. Sean Lee's there. Jalen Smith is there. Byron Jones is there, as sad as that sounds. And Darren Woodson. That's really sad, man. Which leads us to the happiest thing we'll talk about today. Number one team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I mean, we pro- the, the, the defense is easily probably the best in Madden, yeah, it's absurd. I would argue. Um, the offense would be probably the tricky part for me because I think the line is excellent, but in terms of the skill positions, I bet you that's probably not the greatest. Yeah, it. Uh, so let's take a look into it because Terry Bradshaw, 92, Big Ben, 92, so tied there. Bettis is a 95, Franco, 92, are only two running backs that make this list. Then you get into our wide receivers, wow. only four. Antonio Brown at 95, Heinz Ward, 92, Stallworth, 91, and Lynn Swan at 89. Now, Lynn Swan didn't even get a 90. No. That's that is the now our right offensive there. line is elite. Alan Fanica at a 97, Mike Webster 99, Dermonte Dawson at 97, David DeCastro 93, and Big Al 85. Wow, big! I would have thought Big Al would be like a little higher, but okay. 
I, that's surprising that he's the best left tackle. That, that <sighs> I know at an 85, that's kind of sad. Um, and then we get into LC Greenwood 90. Now it's weird because LC Greenwood is a 90, but he's above everyone else. So maybe they messed that up, but Hammond a 90, Joe Green is a 99, Casey Hampton, 86, Aaron Smith, 85, Jack Lambert, 99, Jack Ham, 99, James Harrison, 95, Joey Porter, 94, Rod Woodson at 99, Mel Blunt 97, Ike Taylor at 86, Troy Polamalu 95, Donnie Shell 95. Wow. Oh my God. That is a goddamn <laughs> defense, Greg. Yeah, I'd be stunned if any team is able to score like at least 20. Yeah, that's defense. that's like absurd. Like uh, that is a Madden defense. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what that is. That is an all Madden <laughs> defense when you think about it. Scary. <sighs> Yeah, no, I, I I thought that was fun. I liked the day. They're actually uh, at six. They're switch Twitch streaming EA Madden some teammates against each other. So the first round is um, Denzel Ward versus Jarvis Landry. Next one is Honey Badger versus Tyree Kill. At eight o'clock, Deshaun Jackson versus Debo Samuel, and then at nine, Derwin James versus Keenan Allen are all playing each other. Oh, that's cool. So how are they doing this? Like bracket, they're just gonna simulate like all the teams like against each other and figure out like who wins amongst them. So for that one, yes. For the one that I just named, they're just playing each other as a fun little charity thing. But okay. yeah, for that one, they'll they'll simulate and see how it goes. My understanding, it should be starting I think tonight at eight. So that's cool. I wonder how they would do it with Madden. I'm guessing. I wonder if they would do like the 15 minute quarters and all that stuff to go with it, or if they would go Madden. I kind of hope like, they. Do. I would watch it if they did 15. You would? Yeah, because it'd be like Heck a full-blown yeah, I would. Yeah, man, I want to watch the Steelers win. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so let's dive into these what-if scenarios, Greg. Let's do I it. I am going to scroll the whole way down because it starts at 50 to number one. So let's let's do like a quick background about Hell yeah. what it is we're discussing, if you don't Not mind. at all. Um. Now these do you mean a deep background of each situation or just what we're playing right now? No, no, just just like just like just like what we're doing. And uh it, it for people that probably tuned into the Thursday show, you kind of understand what this was about, but um but these gonna give you a little bit more. Yeah, so basically, guys, we're in the apocalypse and uh no sports going on. <laughs> so, so what we're doing is we're looking at bleacher reports, <laughs> uh biggest what ifs in sports, because what ifs in sports are some of the greatest things ever, because even though that didn't happen the concept of it maybe happening or it like thinking about the possibilities that it could have happened if it did happen are almost just as fun as the real event unless the real event is not happening in which case it is the only thing you can do so it is fun so we're looking at bleacher report i wonder what 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 ifs are probably some of the funnest like talks to have especially if you're at a bar drinking with your friends and all that um lemieux you can get so conversations lemieux not getting sick would he be over gretzky in numbers i think is an easy answer one um yeah what if mj went before sam bowie oh god uh him as a trailblazer would be so interesting what if kd went over greg yeah um what if xyz person didn't get hurt which uh you know you can basically or not get hurt but what if they would have played longer like sanders and jim brown and megatron and um these guys that have retired a little bit early that would have been insane um what if the patriots would have gone undefeated that season and didn't lose in the super bowl to the giants right i mean they're so they're very great you can honestly make any situation a what if and just imagine the chaos that comes from it or even for people that want a better understanding of it highly 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 recommend going on youtube and look up the end oh it's so funny i love dave damashek it's so it's so freaking funny, and it really makes you think. They go into a great deep dive about some of this stuff. There's the other one. Uh, one of my favorite ones from the NFL is what if Eli would not have sat out in that draft? Oh, I don't know if I saw one. That's actually very interesting. Yeah, so I think we would have got Phillip Rivers. The Giants would have got Big Ben. The Chargers would have Eli. We would still have one ring. The Giants would have – or Chargers would have won two, and the Giants would have one, I think, was how it ended up, which is pretty funny to me. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, no, I, I the story was that they liked more anyway. So yeah, makes sense. Yep. All right. So I'm actually, you know what? Let's just bounce around this list because okay. the first one. Well, actually, no. Let's we'll start at number one. It's a, it's a bit different. It's not an exact situation. 
What if there was never a color barrier in sports? That's really interesting. It's very kind of above my pay grade almost, it seems like, to talk about. So I the one thing that I find interesting about that, it is above the pay grade, but you have to think our understanding of who was the greatest of all time, like these NFL top 100 lists, our understanding of mm-hmm. who was the greatest of all time would completely change. Right. And I think that no, it I- would just it, it's so unfathomable that you can't even pretend to like pretend about it you know what i mean yeah it's kind of something where you almost don't want to think about it because it seems i i don't know how to describe it it just seems like something that if you even brought up in conversation they would just get like these weird looks from like (laughs) what all right let's go to number two uh this is your wheelhouse gregory what if the red Sox hadn't sold babe ruth Oh man, uh, Curse of the Bambino would have never happened. Would have never been a thing. Obviously, um, I still, I don't know if the Yankees would have still gone on to be the Yankees that we know of because Babe Ruth was the first real iconic player for them. I mean, they still would have had Lou Gehrig, obviously, but that's interesting to think about. Yeah, I would still say that. I mean, the Red Sox probably would have been a bigger dynasty from that perspective because they would have never had that hanging over their head, but that's interesting to think about. Number three. I like this one a lot. What if Wayne Gretzky hadn't gone to the LA Kings? Wow. Um, So the story, obviously uh, the Oilers won four cups in, I want to say six years, I believe, Mm -hmm. but but if you but yes, the very first thirty for thirty was King's Ransom, which was about Wayne Gretzky getting traded to the Kings. At the time, it made all the sense in the world because they weren't going to be able to agree to a contract. But in hindsight, man, they they did not get as much as they should have for him. No. So yeah, but in the but in the weird way though, like if he never went to LA, I would have bet you a million bucks we would not have the LA Kings. Well, and a lot of people, yeah, that's the the thing. The LA Kings, or a lot of people say that the NHL would have gone under. Um, because the league was already struggling to make a profit as it was. And the fact that we were an American sport that was getting our asses kicked year in and year out by a Canadian team, even though it is a Canadian sport and everything, or whatever you're going to get into, the fact that he left and went to an American team, I think that uh, sold some more tickets than they were selling at the moment. So that's always good. Yeah, that's actually very fair because that's probably what led to popularity in America going over with hockey, especially from the Western expansion side of it too. I want to ask this question um, because I actually don't love this question. And I want to get your take on it. What if Bill Buckner had stopped the ball in the 86 World Series? Red Sox would have won the 86 World Series. Uh, The Mets would have never. Yeah, but it's also, but there's also on the other side of it too. Uh, The 86 Mets were. If you've ever like, uh, and I know you're you're a big, massive, huge, ginormous baseball colossal, fan, yes. But I don't know, yes, colossal. <laughs> but I don't know if you're well, I don't know if you're as aware of just how polarizing the '86 Mets were as a team overall. Nope. And there's some great books to like look up about about how crazy the Mets were. Like there's stories about like some of these guys, like Daryl Strawberry and. Uh, and um, I want to say Doc Gooden, but like uh, Daryl Strawberry and Keith Hernandez and all this stuff. And they were they were like partiers. They were drug addicts and stuff. Like like if you ever if you were like a pirate if you're a pirate fan, like some people probably know about you know the '80s drug trials and stuff like that and all that. But like the '86 Mets were way over the top with that too. There's some crazy stories about how like players would like do cocaine in the dugout and stuff and all that. And the '86 Mets kind of personified that. Like, they were essentially the original bad boys of baseball. That's my kind of league, man. But And, 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 and I, I agree I, with everything you normally say. I'm never taken away from that. The one thing that I do want to set on, because I did say that I hated this, is I, that so many people, I find, Greg, think that lost them the game. It didn't. They still had another it, game it to play. Yeah, they had game seven. So that's really the only thing that happened to it. Like Bill Buckner, yes, like he could have clinched the series, but at the end of the day, the Red Sox lost game seven. They could have very easily like taken that over, but Buckner for some reason is just this 
lightning rod of criticism for all those years, but when he had, when he did not deserve to be at all. Yeah, and you know, is what it is. Don't get me wrong, but like, so many people assume that was the game right there, and that even blows my mind. I'm like, Jesus, man. Um, mm-hmm. So let's jump up to another one that we haven't talked about yet, which is. Actually, I want to get your opinion on this one, Greg. What if there hadn't been a home run race in 98? Baseball would – there's a very good possibility that especially especially with when 9-11 would have happened a couple of years later, there's a very good chance we would not have baseball anymore. Really? Yeah, because the 98 home run chase is what revitalized baseball in this country and made it popular again. So it got to the point where like like people would be tuning in just to watch Maguire and Sosa hit, and yes, like the long ball became like a something that was synonymous with baseball and all that stuff. And yes, I mean we could look on we look back on that with with twenty with you know Monday morning quarterback vision and kind of say like these guys were juicing and all that stuff and cheating to be able to get these numbers. But like at the time in '98 like just the amount of people that were interested in watching baseball really saved the game from that vantage point, because there, especially after the 94 lockout, not a lot of people were watching baseball. Interesting. That makes sense now that you lay it out like that, but I, I, you know, wasn't even going to think about it that way. Um, That is kind of sad. Oh, well, it is what it is. I I enjoyed the dynamics of the steroid era. So Um, (laughs) let's go up. This is another – I mean, there's baseball ones all over this, Greg. I just want to keep you on your toes today. What if Pete Rose had never been caught betting on baseball? He'd be a Hall of Famer and going down as probably one of the greatest of all time. And, yeah, I'd still argue he's the greatest of all time. I mean, I've told you this story numerous times. My dad has said that he is the – he is one of the top two players he's ever seen live. Wow. In person. So, yeah. So, he is – he was an amazing baseball player, and we – would hold him in so much higher regards than we do now. 24 seasons, huh? Damn. That's a really impressive number. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, oh, here's one that I actually enjoy a lot. What if Len Bias had never overdosed? Ooh. We very well could have had a very long Celtics dynasty yes even more than we did now there's a very good chance that would have been the case um when it, i believe it happened in 84 85 uh 86 86 okay yeah. so yeah so if i'm thinking about that correctly like 86 that's around kind of the time that the lakers and celtics rivalry was getting hot mm-hmm. i believe very much yeah so. So like so imagine interjecting Len Bias with Larry Bird against like Magic and them. Jeez. There's a very good chance the Lakers probably would have not won another won another NBA championship with Bias. Seriously though. That, I mean and he was yeah. insane. 23 points in college level was unbelievable. Yeah, especially back in 80 unheard of. Jeez, man. All right, let's do another one here. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's one in here that reads what if Ty Cobb had not been such a jerk? Wow. I didn't know Ty Cobb was a big <laughs> jerk. He's a, it says here he, because he was a racist jerk. I believe it. Yeah. Think about wow. it. Like, yeah. A very, if he wasn't a racist jerk, like we could have had much, we could have African-American players playing earlier in baseball for all we know. Interesting. Yeah. I love it. Um, so it was basically the Ty Cobb, uh, Babe Ruth conversation is what they're getting at here, but. That's funny. Essentially, uh, essentially, yeah. Here's another one that's a little too close to home. What if the tuck rule had gone the other way? Ooh, I don't know if we – well, I don't – we probably wouldn't have had a – well, no. I, I would say we we might still have a Patriots dynasty because I still think that – Belichick would have used would have been able to coach Brady up to that level, but we might not hold Brady in as high a guard, high regard as we do because his performance in in the first Super Bowl kinda is what got him to that level. It gave him that confidence to be the goat that he is now. Yeah, it's it's a funny one for me because 
you know, it, it solidified Vinatieri's godlike sense as well. Um, and if honestly, if the Raiders go, I think the Raiders win that year if they go to the Super Bowl. You think? I mean, I get it, but Charles Woodson, I just love him, and I really <laughs> wanted to say that. Yeah, but that's against – they would have gone up against the greatest show on turf still. Yeah, but I just like Charles Woodson. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this one, Greg? What if Chris Webber had never have called the non-existent timeout? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think because they were still – were they up when that happened? No. So they were still down. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's tough. Because you so it was had... after missing a three throw. Weber travels, dribbles the length of the court, and calls a timeout. And they were out of timeouts. Technical foul. Game over. <clears throat> I that's still tough because you're hoping that someone would have taken the ball and essentially hit a game winning shot to for Michigan to win the national championship. Yeah, that that's, is the, that's a, that's a very the very prayer strong, there. That's a very strong hypothetical right there. I mean, I, I would the more than likely thing is that the result would have stayed the same. It's just that we would not have a, essentially a scapegoat to blame and with Chris Webber then. That's the other thing too is it is just basically you know he is the scapegoat for that team and through all their scandal stuff, which is just crazy. Yeah, it is, and. There was a while where Chris Webber just disassociated himself with everything with regards to Michigan because of that. Yep. There's a, he wasn't on the Fab Five documentary, and they discussed that too, which is very sad because yeah. he was the biggest part of that of that group too. Man, it really is sad. Um, I love that documentary too, just to throw that out there. <laughs> All right, let's do one more for us, Greg. And if my computer will stop lagging, we can get up there. Um, please stop lagging because I hate this computer. It's my work computer, and I should have switched to my Mac, but I didn't want to. Yeah, it's okay. I need to really buy a laptop anyway. I only have my work one. Hmm. What if LeBron James had gone to college? Was he even committed anywhere? No. That'd be intriguing. Um... Off the top of my head, so I'd be curious to know where he would even want to go. Because I'm assuming... Ohio State. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably would have wanted to stay close to home and stuff. And plus, he's a huge Buckeye fan anyway. So, yeah, that makes sense then. Okay. so Yeah, I, yeah that's my guess for yeah, that. Can you imagine him in the Big Ten at Ohio State? I mean, it would be incredible. No. That, they would have never even come close to losing a game. Yeah. I, I would have been intrigued to look up that roster just to see how good they would have been if he actually did go there. Yeah, they would have. I actually don't even know anyone else is on it, but it's still just the fact that it's LeBron James. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to do one more thing, Greg. I want to get your feedback on the Steelers mock draft I did today, my friend. I did not see your mock draft today, so please share with me. I didn't post it anywhere because I was saving it for this moment. Okay, go ahead. It is, I believe the best one that's happened yet all right so what did you use as and the source by the way did you use fan speak or did you use uh fan speak okay difficult matt miller's big board fan speak for team needs okay seven rounds and it's crazy that there's 14 and, needs on there too yeah yeah there's a lot um so let's do i'm trying to think of oh no so uh what i was gonna say here is i did another one before this that i didn't love as much but i did get grant delpit now, when I made my selection for this one, Grant Delpit was available. Okay. Now, I think him and Minka are very similar, so I didn't love it the first time, but he was too talented yeah. not to. But with the second... Oh, now, I was going to say, like getting a safety is probably something that they definitely want to try to do, but it's not going to be necessarily a starter. It's just going to be someone that they want to have for depth purposes. Agreed. In the second round, with the 49th pick overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Ross Blacklock, defensive lineman out of TCU. Is he becoming your favorite pick? Because I, because you definitely took him in a previous one as well. It just makes so much sense. Yeah, the, like, if he's there, he's a first-round talent, and we need that position. Another favorite that I've been seeing a lot, and I know Alex Kazora, shout out to SteelersDepot.com, uh, did a uh, post-month draft and stuff. He had Neville Gallimore 
in the second round as well. I yep. think defensive line is slowly becoming the new favorite option for uh, yeah, Mock to go with, especially just because they need depth along that line. Agreed, man. And, and it's just they need some something young in there, especially if we're going to have, um, you know, Hayward and it if they can both stay a little bit healthy, give them a guy in the middle um, that's young to run off of what. Uh, Edge is another one I've seen pretty common with this pick. But uh, in the third round with the 102nd selection, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Nitan Mute, guard out of Fresno State. Wow. Ah, third. Ah, the crowd goes crazy. Ah. I love that pick. Absolutely love it. Dude, I, I would love this guy so He can compete right away for left guard. Yep, and we need him. We need left guard. Yep, absolutely do. I mean, could you let, – let's be realistic about this. I mean, going to the season, like, would you prefer having Filer at left guard or would you rather have Chooks at left guard? Or was – Probably Filer. That's tough. I, I'd probably go Filer. I don't know. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I think Filer played very well at right tackle this year, so I don't know if I want to, like, take him out of this position. But at the same time – But at the same up. time, yeah. like, Banner and Chooks, I feel like, are – still underrated and i think that they just need an opportunity to be able to get to the level that they need to be yeah but we've always had a very good offensive line so if there's a reason that they are not you know at that level or starting it's something i nine times out of ten i'm going to say them over the system or the runs we play i I love zach banner and i think chooks is going to be the guy that actually wins out um on that guard job but it or not, I, I'm backing up, excuse me. But uh, I don't know. You're right. I like him at right tackle for failure, but I don't know, we just need some line yeah, help. Yeah, I man. agree. In the fourth round, at the 124th, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Tyler Biedaz, center. We got in the fourth round. Jesus. That's yes, impressive. Sir. That is almost a brand new offensive yeah, line. That's right essentially. There. I don't know. He's future. definitely not going to be as great as Pouncey, but I'm getting some depth right there where you desperately need it. Big, big, big. Yeah, agreed. He's he's not going to be what we have with Pouncey. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. But what we do have is a guy that should be able to be a nice backup and learn for a year or two till Pouncey's done, which I would enjoy. In the fifth, or no, so fourth round, with the 135th selection, the Pittsburgh Steelers select AJ Dillon, running back at a Boston College. I love that pick. Big, 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 big boy. <laughs> He's a power runner in the sense I he reminds you of Benny Snell, but at the same time, though, I feel like he would be a great complement in that backfield as well. Um, it, I mean, the running back room is going to get crowded if that's the case, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with good competition. Nope. I knew you'd like that one. That he seems to be yeah, your guy for late. I mean, I, I watched him when he was in college, not just last year, but the year before that, when he just when he was just a mauler for Boston College. So I think he'd be a great compliment there. In the sixth round, with the one hundred and ninety-eighth pick overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Trey Adams offensive tackle oh, out of Washington. Fuck, that's a steal. Must, <laughs> I told you I was, he must I was have doing an injury the line, or something like that. Because my God, this is a dude that was projected as a first rounder like a couple months ago. Yep, I don't know why he was there, but I'm happy. Um, I, so look, I mean, we got our guard, our center, a running back, and a defensive lineman. I'm pretty yeah, happy so, so far. Kind of go with Yep, so my seventh-round pick, 232, I select Omar Bayless, wide receiver out of Arkansas State. There were not many selections, so I just went with an athlete. Get some more depth at the receiver position, probably play on special teams for a bit. No, this is your best mock that you've done. I'm I'm very impressed. Bravo, bravo. I'm very happy with that mock draft. I feel feel like I should be (laughs) the Pittsburgh Steelers drafter. Kevin Colbert, I like it. Oh, I'll work with him. Well. He can be my intern. Yes. Same I did with Josh. <laughs> well, all right, buddy. We are at the hour mark, my friend. Is there anything else you uh, want to get off no, your chest before we shut down the show? No, just quarantine is 
really gonna get you people stir crazy but i am glad that we are here to be able to provide some sort of entertainment and some relief for everyone here so wash your dirty ass hands and sit back relax and enjoy us yes wash your hands people wash all your shit all right greg i will catch you later my friend guys find us on facebook thursday live from Peace 6 to 7 30 ish no, no, no.